person who is queer and non-binary and neurodivergent like it's it's so important for those of us who are sitting at that intersection to be loud about it hello everyone i'm alex Hello, and I'm Carly, and welcome to the Special Interest Podcast. We're so excited for you to tune in today, and we have a very special guest, and this is Rachel. Hi. Welcome, Rachel. We're so excited to have you. How are you today? I'm doing really well. How are y'all? I'm doing I'm well. well. Oh, sorry, Carly. <laughs> it's okay. We're still I'm... learning. Yeah. <laughs> that turn taking it's hard sometimes but yeah I'm doing well good good um I'm Rachel um I use she or they pronouns I am a queer non-binary polyamorous geeky ADHD coach and I run Porchlight Coaching amazing well we're so excited to have you on today um can you tell us a little bit about yourself and about your journey and how you got to where you are today Yeah, absolutely. So I'm 35 now. I wasn't diagnosed with any kind of um, formal neurodivergence until I was 28. I was diagnosed with ADHD when I was 28 um, by a therapist, and I am a self-realized autistic person, so I got the spicy combo meal of neurodivergences, um, and I realized that um, actually right around this time last year, so congratulations, happy uh, realization anniversary to me. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Congrats. Happy anniversary. Thanks. So you said you're a coach, which is something that I think is such an important tool. Do you want to talk a little more about what brought you to coaching? Yeah. So for most of my 20s, I did the classic burnt out, gifted and talented kid thing where I job hopped a lot. Um, I worked in restaurants, I worked in coffee shops, I worked in offices doing admin stuff. I never really stuck anywhere. And the places that I did stick, unfortunately, um, like due to circumstances, ended up like closing or going out of business or what have you. And throughout my therapy journey, which I started when I was 19 and in college, every therapist I've ever had has asked me at some point during our relationship, hey, so when are you going to go to therapy school? You seem like you're really self, um, you know, like you really know yourself very well and like you enjoy therapy and you enjoy you know, psychological processes and modalities, and you know, a whole lot of stuff. So like, when are you going to go to therapy school? And I said, therapy school is expensive and student loans are expensive. And um, they said, yeah, okay. Like we hear you. And when I was 33, Dusty Chapura came across my Twitter feed and Dusty is probably one of the more well-known ADHD coaches out there and the more visible ADHD coaches. And she also 
um, is one of the few coaches who is younger and kind of alternative looking. And I was like, Ooh, okay. Coaching can be like that. Like coaching can, can look like how dusty looks. That's cool. So I messaged her and I was like, Hey, like, can you tell me about this coaching thing? And she's like, go to ADCA. And ADCA is a coach training program. Um, it's a lot cheaper than therapy school. Um, it's, it's still not cheap, but it's cheaper than therapy school. And so I went to my husband and I was like, Hey, I think this coaching thing, it, it, it could be a thing that I could be good at. And, um, so he very kindly fronted me the money to go to ADCA and go through their program, which I did. And I graduated. And originally I was kind of looking at coaching as a bridge to get to therapy school because I was like, well, maybe if I do this for a few years, I'll get some one-on-one -on -one client experience because I have a BA in English. And like, what do you do with a BA in English? And I was like, maybe that'll help me get into therapy school because like, they'll be able to see that I have relevant experience and it'll be a stepping stone. And now that I've been doing coaching for a couple of years now, I'm like, I don't want to go to therapy school. I just want to be a coach. Like, this is great. I have found my place. Um, and I love coaching because it's very client centered. It's very, um, it honors the autonomy of the client in a way that I typically haven't found that therapy often does. Um, and it's just a way to figure out how to work with your brand instead of against it. Um, one of the things that I really love asking clients in the top of a session is, what do you want to talk about today? And they'll give me a topic. Like it can be as broad as I want help cleaning out the fridge or I want to develop a mindfulness practice. And it's like, okay, great. So we'll, we'll talk about how you can develop a mindfulness practice or how you can clean out the fridge what feels like it would be a win to walk out of here with? Like, what would be your metric of success talking to me today about how to clean out the fridge or how to develop a mindfulness practice? And that does two things. A, it allows the client to say like, oh, wait, this is actually what I'm looking to get out of talking to you about this. And that could be strategies or it could be like different like mindsets of like this is what I think and feel when I'm cleaning out the fridge and I realize that those things are not great and I want to replace them with something but I don't know what it could be like I want to figure out how to slot mindfulness practice in with my everyday life it truly allows them to like set the tone and set like where we're going um an analogy that I like to use is um like if the client is a hiker and we're on a walk in the forest, I'm like the guide, but ultimately the client is in charge of where we go. If the client, if the hiker sees a really cool pond over in that meadow over there, it's not my job to say like, oh, I don't think we should go to that meadow like that or, or the pond, like the pond has snakes in it. Um, like, yeah, okay, let's go to the pond. And then it's also my job as a coach to say, okay, we've made it to the pond. Do you think that you could get here by yourself next time? Like, I always say it's my job to work myself out of a job. Like, I don't want people to be in coaching forever. Um, I want them to truly have the skills and mindset shifts and everything else to show up one day and be like, actually, like, I think I can coach myself. Like, I think I've also become the coach. That is so cool. I feel like so inspired listening to you. I love how 
like you're saying, how it's up to the client to really choose which path that they take. And I love that part about that. Is there a certain age that you generally work with? So I work with folks who are 16 and up. I have a 17-year-old client and I have like a 52-year-old client. Um, There are folks who I know of off the top of my head who do work with ADHD and autistic kiddos, Um, but that requires like a whole other level of training that I haven't gotten to yet and don't have much interest in. And so like, I will always refer out if the kiddo is like under 16. That's awesome. I was like a public school teacher for a while, so Working with teenagers is so much fun and can be so different from working with adults, um, for sure. Absolutely. And what kind of like came, like a question that came up while you were kind of talking about your journey is, have you ever felt lost in the process of finding yourself in a career? And if so, what advice would you offer? Yeah. So... I think that it's very easy for us, especially if we are like burnt out, gifted and talented kids to get to adulthood and kind of arrive at it and then be like, okay, where do I go from here? What do I do? How do I figure out what I want to do with my life? And like what we have to remember about ADHD and autism is that they're both like neurodevelopmental disabilities. And I think that particularly since July is like disability pride month, like it's important to center that when we're talking about any kind of like, what do I do with my life slash, like I'm having a lot of feelings about not feeling like I am on par with my peers. And it's like, yeah, you feel that way because you literally have a neurodevelopmental disability. Like your brain isn't formed like everybody else's. And I think that a lot of times, I, I, I even see this in like ADHD advocacy s- spheres where it's sort of assumed that like we can be on par with our peers and like it's weird that we're not. And it's like, guys, like it's literally a disability. And like, it's not a bad word to say that we are disabled because it's literally just a fact. Like, brain scans show it, research shows it, studies show it. It's just, it's, it's, it's just a fact. And it means that we are very good at certain things and other things will take us more time and that's okay. Um, and I think that it's very easy to feel an outsized amount of pressure, particularly like when you're in your early twenties, trying to figure out what you want to do with your life and seeing all of your peers, just like finding their niche and like, just like grooving along and you're like the equivalent of like a duck whose little feet are just going under the water going like, why are all of these beautiful swans just gliding past me? Why am I having such a hard time? It's like, give yourself a break. You're going to get there. It's okay. You've got littler feet than than, than your big swan friends and that's okay. I love that. I love all of your like visualizations that you have provided us with. I really appreciate that. And so you said that you had started coaching around, was it 33? Mm-hmm. And then you, so how do you become a coach and then realize that you were autistic? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So 
I became a coach um, and like I went through coach school and like obviously like I knew that I had ADHD like I was diagnosed when I was 28 and my husband actually started doing his own research into like hey maybe autism is something that I have and he did the thing where he just rabbit holed on like the TikTok compilations on YouTube of, that are made by autistic folks. And like, he would just play them like out loud. And I was overhearing like all of these things. And I'm like, check, 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 check. And like, I, I compare my, my ADHD diagnosis experience to like figuring out that like someone has been living in your closet for 28 years and being like how have you been in there the whole time and I've never noticed you before and it wasn't quite that level um when I was experiencing like the autism realization but it was still very much like oh now more things make sense like more more dots are connected um and so like I feel like I'm primarily ADHD but like there's a really heavy like side dish of autism that goes along with it. <laughs> yeah, I also um, am ADHD. So just kind of like navigating that mix of neurodivergence has been a real, uh, like, I feel like it's a board game. I don't know. That's what comes to my head. Like just moving through a board game, like, oh, like today, these are your obstacles. And I don't know. But you brought up TikTok, which gave me so much information about myself. And I think it's so cool how we've come together to share resources. And I was just wondering, like, what resources have you found to be really helpful in your journey about learning about yourself? Okay, buckle up. I'm going to info dump on y'all real quick. I love this. Um, (laughs) um, So the first real like good cache of folks that I found on TikTok was um Katie Osaurus, we stand. Um hey good um ADHD coach Ron who's actually a personal friend now but when I first like when he first came across my feed he was just this amazing coach who had all of these followers and I was completely intimidated by him but he's an absolute sweetheart and I adore him. Um, and Casey Davis, who is uh, domestic blisters and like these like cadre of folks just like gave me so much background and so much like empathy for myself. And I recommend like people start there. Like if you find people who come up, who come up in your feed, who make you feel very empathetic towards yourself, that is the first step to like self-compassion and self-acceptance and working with your neurodivergence instead of against it. And I think the more that you can surround yourself in your social media feeds and particularly with TikTok, um, it's important to like really, really like dig your heels in on people who make you feel that way. Um, like I was at, um, the ADHD conference last year and I don't know if you guys know Brave Dave. He is, um, he's really great. He talks a lot about, um, like parenting neurodivergent kids and being neurodivergent. Um, he does like silly skits with him and his kiddos where he plays his kids and himself. Um, and he's just like a real big, like mental health advocate and, I saw him like 
enter like the big bar that was in the hotel where we were all staying for the conference. And I was like, oh my God, that's Brave Dave. Oh my God, I recognize that guy. He lives in my phone. He's a real person. Oh my God. Um, and um, uh, ADHD coach Ron, Ron, Ron Capalbo knew him and he's like, draw me to introduce you. And I'm like, yeah. And so he introduced me. And so now we're, we're like casual social media buddies. Um, but I was like, I was talking to him and I'm like, why are you, I mean, like, I'm, I'm very glad that you're here, but like, why are you here? And he's like, I talk so much about ADHD and neurodivergence that like, I want to make sure that like, I get my shit right. And I want to make sure that like, I don't spread misinformation by mistake, just because like, I assume that if something is repeated, then it must be like peer reviewed or like well studied or whatever. Like, I don't want to make that assumption and then have to like, come out like and do a correction video about it. And so like, I'm here to learn. And I'm like, oh, cool. <laughs> Um, so like anybody who's open to like doing their own research and being like really humble about like making sure that their, their sources are correct and that they're pulling stuff that is like scientifically accurate, like a plus, 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 like love them. Um, also, um, perennial favorite, Jess McCabe, perennial favorite, Renee Brooks, who runs Black Girl Lost Keys. Perennial favorite, um, Allie Ward, who did an incredible three-part series last year on ADHD and neurodivergence and is now like diagnosed as having ADHD also. And I'm like, yes, like the circle keeps expanding. We love this. This is amazing. <laughs> I love Allie. I love like a lot of the people you mentioned, I am so excited to look up, but like a lot of the people you mentioned, I'm like, I love them. Like I love Allie Ward. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, the Curiology episode that she just released on emojis. I'm hype for part two. I have not listened to that, but I'm so excited. I like took a break from listening to her pod, but I got to get back. <laughs> yeah, it's very, very good. Um, also, Devin Price, the author of Unmasking Autism. Um, and also, oh God, I can never pronounce their name, um, but there's this person who runs hang on I'm gonna make keyboard typing noises and you're gonna have to edit this out but I have no worries um uh support I kind of like the keyboard typing noises yeah <laughs> oh, good. Um, when I got this keyboard I was upgrading my whole system um and I was like I, I, I knew that I wanted a mechanical keyboard, but like truly I didn't know that my brain could produce so much dopamine all at once by hearing a, a, a noise. Um, and I was like, yep, that's the one for me. Give me, <laughs> give me all of the dopamine. This is incredible. Gotta um, get the clacks. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. We love a good clickety clack. Um, so Mike um, Bilikonsky, um M-Y-K-O-L-A on Twitter, um, for those who observe, that's funny, um, runs um, the neurodivergence, the, the, the Public Neurodiversity Support Center. Um, they are a creator, maintainer, primary author and editor-in-chief of the Public Neurodiversity Support Center. Um, and it's basically um, a site that has essays, resources, 
um, and like lived experience stories from people all over the neurodiversity spectrum. Um, and I just found that fairly recently. So um, that's a new resource for me as well. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. That sounds very important. And sorry, I had a question. Now it left my brain. <laughs> oh, okay. So for the conference, I was just wondering to learn about that. Where does the conference generally take place? And what's the information on that? So the annual ADHD conference, the International Conference on ADHD is run by CHAD, which is like one of the big nonprofits that fund like ADHD research and ADHD outreach. Um, this year it is in Baltimore. It moves around every year. Um, it's, it, it doesn't take place just in one place. Um, and this year it is from November 30th to December 2nd. And there's also a virtual conference that's being held the weekend after from just from December 5th to 6th, I believe. Um, so if you can't make it to Baltimore in person, there's a separate virtual conference that has um, completely different programming from the in-person conference that you can sign up for. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Um, there's an ADHD um, neuro, uh, slash like neurodivergence professionals day on November 30th that is just for like people who are involved. So like therapists, doctors, researchers, coaches. Um, and then the following two days of the in-person conference are just like general conference that anybody can go to. That's so cool. It must be so fun to go and like meet so many other neurodivergent people and like network and just get to like, I just love learning other people's stories. So just being able to hear so many in one weekend sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, when I was at the Chad conference last year, um, I knew that Jess McCabe was there um, and like because she was the first person who really made me feel very seen and accepted um, when I was first diagnosed like I really really wanted to just like meet up with her and thank her and on the last day a whole bunch of us were waiting to get let into the closing keynote which who was Renee Brooks and the and I was with a friend and I was like oh man like I really wish like I had run into Jess like that would have been like a massive just like such a nice cherry on top of this fantastic Sunday and she was like she's literally like 10 feet in front of you dude and I was like oh my god and she's like go say hi and I'm like no I can't she's like yeah you can go say hi um and so I I, I went up I screwed up my courage and went up to Jess and I was like hi like I just I, I'm such a big fan and like you know I'm a coach now and like I wouldn't have become a coach like if it wasn't for you like doing your initial like education on YouTube and advocacy on on YouTube and social media and like thank you and she was so sweet and like you know thanked me I got to meet her service dog Chloe so that was cool um and then she was like as the doors were opening she turns to me and she's like do you want to come sit with us and I'm like us was us and us was um herself um Danny Donovan Katie Osaurus Dusty Chapura 
um, and like some of her mods from Jess's Discord. And I'm like, I'm just sitting there, like all in this row of people who are like personal heroes of mine, just like flipping out internally and being like, okay, just be cool, just be cool, just be cool. Um, like Danny turns to me and, and and introduces herself, and I'm like, I, I I said, you know, okay, like yeah, it's so nice to meet you, and I'm like, I know exactly who you are, Danny. Like I have followed you for years. <laughs> um, and then Renee gave this incredible keynote speech that basically like just cemented like the the incredible sense of community that. I had experienced like all through that weekend and was continuing to experience like in that moment in time, in real time. And I'm just sitting there like weeping. And at some point, like Dusty like notices and like reaches over and like pats my knee and gives me this very reassuring, like wide grin. And I'm like, you think you're helping, but you're not. You're like, you're making it worse, but also thank you. Like (laughs) it was just, it, it, it was a completely like, surreal and wild moment and it was like one of those moments that like as you're in it you're like oh I'm gonna remember this like literally for the rest of my life like this is a story that I'm going to tell until I am like 98 and like frail and like you know grandkids are gonna be like that's that's great grandma like you know you've told that story a hundred times that is such a cool experience (laughs) I love that. It just like everything you're talking about just goes to show how important representation is like being able to see yourself in all of these stories and not feel alone. And I was just wondering like, if you had like, uh, maybe like an aha moment through that representation or like anything that's like really like been a moment for you where you've seen somebody talk or heard somebody talking about something or seen something yeah um I think that being a person who is queer and non-binary and neurodivergent like it's it's so important for those of us who are sitting at that intersection to be loud about it and to not have it just be like oh yeah like I have ADHD and then like you know three videos or five videos later be like oh yeah I'm also queer like for me I say that I'm a queer ADHD coach and that's how I like intro all of my ADHD coaching videos that I make on TikTok because like it's just it's important for me to like flag to my community that like you are safe with me and like I am one of you and you are one of us and we are all in this together um and like obviously like I can't speak to the BIPOC experience because I am not a BIPOC but I think that it's doubly important if you are like a queer person of color who is also neurodivergent to like be extra loud about that because like the fewer privileges that you have and the more marginalized you are like I feel like that's where people can feel very isolated and like it is incrementally harder and harder and harder to find people who you can really connect with and share your experiences and just like who you feel can just get you and so like that's why like the work that like 
Dylan Alter is doing over at neuroqueer.org is so important because like, like a lot of those intersections are being served by neuroqueer. Um, and like, I'm trying to think of folks off the top of my head that I know who are like coaches and, or like people who do advocacy. Like I'm, I, I don't want to speak for Renee Brooks experience. Cause I don't know her personally, but like, I know that she is like a black autistic ADHD and like bringing people up within the advocacy community who are more marginalized because I feel like it's so easy to have folks like it you know this this industry it skews very white and it skews very straight and like the weirder you are and the queerer you are and the browner you are and like I feel like the more intersectionality that you can bring the better thank you for sharing I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more of your journey of how you became I guess not only an advocate, but also you seem so confident in who you are, which is so inspiring to show up exactly who you are. How did you get to be so loud and proud about that? Oh man, so much work on the back end, so many years of therapy. Um, and like, it's still very much a work in progress, but I am very lucky to have folks in my life who are queer and neurodivergent and like that's just who they are like they're they're just out there living their lives um I like to joke that I have one token straight cis neurotypical friend and the rest of the folks in my immediate circle are all like queer ADHD autistic folks who have trauma and like that's just the people that I've been lucky enough to meet and be able to surround myself by and it's like we don't have to mask when we're together and like we don't have to like you know feel like we have to act a certain way around each other it's just like yeah like you show up and you get love um and like additionally to that like making sure that your social media reflects back who you want to be and like shows you the kind of people that you feel like you know, you look at them and, and it's like, oh, they're so cool. Like, I want to be like that. Um, I just joined Blue Sky, which is like one of the Twitter alternatives. And it is so queer and so neurodivergent. And it's just like, its algorithm goes on engagement. And it's like, the point of it is to have conversations and just like, jump into like what other people are saying it's like the equivalent of being at a gay bar and like overhearing somebody like over on your left talking about gardening and the feeling is like you can just go up and be like hey I have a garden you want to do some garden picks and like they'll be like heck yeah you want to see like the squash blossoms that I just got heck yeah like it's it's so positive and it's so like it it builds so well and having spaces like whether it's blue sky or Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or like wherever you hang out online, like making sure that those spaces are places where you feel built up and just hyped to be there. Like that's so important. And it's such a good place to start because everybody has access to, to, to social media. That's so true. And that's so cool. I never heard of the Blue Sky app. I'm really interested to check that out now. 
and to wrap up a little bit, we have a couple more questions for you. So I'd just like to ask, what advice would you offer to someone that has just discovered that they are autistic or neurodivergent or just on a self-discovery journey? I think um, working like self-compassion and at the same time, really recognizing that it's really normal to feel a lot of grief and sadness and big, hard feelings. And if you need extra support during that process, reaching out to a therapist, reaching out to a coach to kind of like, just to help you like grok that experience and like come to terms with it and integrate it into your daily existence. Um, so, so many people like get their diagnoses and then like they feel very stuck because they don't know where to go from there. And it's like, okay, like I have this diagnosis. I have this description of myself. I don't know what to do about it or like how to work with my brain and how to change those thought patterns that I've had my entire life. And I think like anything that you can do to be gentler to yourself, to be kinder to yourself, whatever that looks like for you is a great place to start. I love that advice. Empathy towards yourself is like so important and something that I'm learning as I go along too. And, you know, bringing it back to just seeing yourself in other people and surrounding yourself with that has been so, so helpful for, you know, nurturing that part of myself. Um, since we are the special interest pod, I wanted to give you some space to share about any special interests, if you want to, if you feel called to um, share a fact or something fun. So I am an ex-restaurant person. Um, I'm, I'm ex-hospo and the bear just came out with season two. And when I tell you that I like episode seven, which is called Forks, um, I wept for like a solid 20 minutes after that episode because it was so powerful. And like, I also do, I, I, I write short stories and novels and it was an incredible masterclass in character development, in like watching this character who truly, he is the most asshole of all assholes in season one. And like by season two, like you see some growth, you see some progress. Um, and then like episode seven happens and he just becomes this entirely different person in a 30 minute episode, which going from the back end, I truly like applaud the writers because having to do that in that time frame and making it so clear that the changes that this character experiences within that time frame, within the 30 minutes is like as life-changing as it is is just masterful. It's incredible. Um, and like, particularly like making this character go from the truly most hated character on the show, just loathsome, just, he is no good to nobody. Um, and then like watching him make this incredible shift is like, honestly, like it's, it's such an exercise in hope and like, cultivating this sense of like your whole life can change in a week buddy like you don't have to feel stuck like you are always capable of monumental growth and change no matter how stuck in your patterns you feel 
That's awesome. I started watching The Bear. My boyfriend is also, he did work in restaurants. So it's been cool to watch that with him. So our, one of our like last questions is what is something you've learned about yourself that you're really grateful for? Kind of like um, an autistic glimmer. Ooh, yeah. I love the concept of of glimmers. Um, I've just like heard about them for the first time fairly recently and I think they're so cool. Um, I love how like how strongly I can feel my emotions um like both from like a dysregulation perspective and also like a regulation perspective um like when I am in a really really good place it's very easy for me to like get really emotional and like have that feel like really good and releasing and cathartic and like landmarky like if I am like on vacation and like I see a really beautiful sunrise or like eat a really good piece of fried shrimp if I'm like up on the coast like at a seafood restaurant like I'll just I'll just start like tearing up because I'm I'm just like yeah this is awesome this is so cool this is like you know, I am so grateful for this. Um, and I think often like we can unfairly pigeonhole that aspect of ourselves into like, oh, I'm so much, or like, I'm too much, or like, I don't know how to deal with my emotions. They're so big. It's like, yeah, they are big and you get to have them. That's That's beautiful. Yeah. That just brought like such a big smile to my face because I see myself in that so much. Like I have really big emotions and yeah, just recently I've been giving myself space to feel them and it has been so freeing. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Of course. Um, I even have what I call the happy food rock when I'm eating like a very tasty dish, like at a restaurant or at home. Like if it's just hit in the right way, I'll just like sit in my chair and just like do a chair dance. And oh yes, I I do that too. (laughs) It's so good. Like I didn't realize that that was like an autistic thing until like a couple of years ago. And I was like, oh, I've literally been doing that my whole life. Like I've been doing like the repetitive movements and the rocking, like to like self ground and to celebrate like literally my whole life. That's hilarious. Yes, that is so relatable. Thank you so much for sharing that, Rachel. And thank you so much for coming on today. I will give you a couple more minutes of space if there's any last thoughts that you want to share with our audience today. Yeah. I think that, you know, this was so fun and it was so great to talk to y'all and I'm so glad to have met you. Thanks for having me on. Um, If, you know, I may indulge in a tiny bit of um, shameless. um, Please do. Yes. (laughs) Um, I am um, porch.light.coaching on Instagram. I can be found on TikTok at icebox.plums. And my coaching website is welcome to the porchlight.com. We will include That's- all of that information in our posts too. So check out um, Rachel's profiles and everything. Yeah, come follow me. I'm fun. <laughs> yes, we have so appreciated this conversation. There's like Alex said, there's so many aspects that you've shared that like 
I see myself in. And it's just so cool to continue to connect with more and more people that you see yourself in. So thank you so much for all that you've shared today. We would love to have you back on sometime. I feel like there's so much that we could just like continue to talk about and ask you about. It's really cool to hear about your life and your experiences so far. And so thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time and space. And we're so grateful for you. Yeah. Thanks so much, y'all. This was awesome. Hope to be back on again soon. Sounds great. Well, everybody, we hope you have an awesome week and you can catch us next Friday with another new episode. Bye.